My name is Erin Reddick, and I have been an elementary school counselor for 16 years. I am a counselor who cares about best practices in education. I care about my school community and my families. I care about the teachers and the staff at my school, but most importantly, I care about advocating for my students. Hi, um, Sarah, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm Erin Reddick, a school counselor, and I'm glad to have you. I'm gonna give you a minute to share a little bit about yourself, about where you grew up, what season of life you're in, and just anything that you would like to share about what has gotten you to this point in your life. Sure, thank you so much for having me. My name is Sarah Breeden. Um, I'm currently a fourth grade teacher at Ridge Elementary. Um, I'm a native Virginian. I actually grew up in Richmond, so I've been living here the majority of my life. Um, grew up in the near West End um, and went to Virginia Commonwealth University, where I got my undergraduate degree in psychology, graduate degree. Um, I have a master's in teaching, and this will be my 10th year in teaching. Um, as far as family, I'm married and have two children, Charlie and June. Um, and that's mostly about me. I'm pretty down to earth and just a normal teacher person. <laughs> All right, so we're going to go over a little intro before we get into some of the questions that we've talked about. But um, the first question I have for you is, do you have a story from your life about race? Um, can you just tell me about about that, like a defining moment in your in your past that is about race? Sure. So I identify as a white woman. Um, and I would say for myself, um, being a white person, like, I feel that I've been mostly insulated from having to think about a lot of racial issues. But when I was attending elementary school, I went to Mary Mumford Elementary, which is in Richmond City. And at the time that I went there, um, it was actually uh, piloting a program where uh, Mary Mumford was trying to desegregate the school. So I had classmates, which um, they would ride buses um, from different parts of the city into the area of Mary Mumford. And we all went to school together and then they would ride um, different buses home from other people. I wasn't a bus rider, I walked, but when I was in school there, I, started to notice in upper elementary that many of my friends didn't live in my neighborhood um, and most of them were black students so you know at the time i knew what they looked like and i knew they didn't live in my neighborhood but i really wasn't clear as to why any of that was happening so um, although maybe i didn't make the connection at the time that um, they were being able to come to my school because of the initiative in order to um, kind of enrich the community and bring some more you know, representative students there. Um, I did notice that you know, they weren't from my neighborhood. And so that to me, um, I just remember looking back being like a little bit confused of, you know, well, I remember asking my mom like, why does, um, why does Ashley not live here? You know, when, she would, when I would have sleepovers with my friends and stuff or I would go to their house, like I didn't really know why they weren't part of my neighborhood. So as I got older, I was able to reflect on that a little bit and started to think like, oh, these were 
common things of my friends who didn't look like me also didn't live in my neighborhood. Um, and then after Mary Mumford, I ended up attending a private school where, you know, there was a lack of diversity. So as I was older and older, kind of coming across these themes of, oh, well, now I go to a school where everyone kind of lives in a very small enclosed environment and there's like no diversity whatsoever. So um, that's something that I really thought about um, a little bit as I was growing up. Uh, again, I don't know if I really kind of checked off the box of like, oh, this is related to like the race of a person. But now looking back, I can definitely see that that was part of it. So I don't know if I had a, I wouldn't say I even had like a positive or negative attachment to any of that. Um, but probably because I think, because I'm a white person, like I didn't really have any feelings whatsoever about it, maybe because I didn't have any sort of racial connection. Um, I know kind of being an educator now, like I look at that and think like, oh, that's unfortunate, you know, that we have those kind of divisions. Um, but really for a long time, I just think it was sort of like, a. I realized it, but I was sort of emotionally neutral about it. Thank you for sharing all that. Um, the last question before we move on to the next section is, uh, are you uncomfortable about talking about, are you uncomfortable with talking about race? So I think less so than I would have been maybe about five years ago when I started thinking a lot more about um, like racial divisions or some of the kind of equity or justice um, problems that we have as far as like society goes, but I wouldn't say I'm comfortable with talking about it because um, it's just kind of an uncomfortable thing, especially for like just talking about my personal experience, just for like a, a white person who, you know, oftentimes we kind of see ourselves outside of race to kind of take some ownership of that can be sort of um, overwhelming just because it's like a very non, for lack of a better word, like black and white issue. You know, there's a lot of like gradients to every part of um, race equality and justice. So, you know, I, I think now because I've been thinking about it and reading and talking about it a little bit more, I'm less uncomfortable, but um, I wouldn't say it's like a, a fun topic to engage in necessarily. It's just sort of naturally kind of um, makes you think and question things, which I think for a lot of people questioning kind of where you come from or what you think you know about something can just make you feel unsure. So I wouldn't say I'm uncomfortable, but I'm definitely still unsure sometimes kind of navigating the topics. So you've become less uncomfortable because you have um, gone out of your way to seek professional development, done some reading on your own, gone to trainings, really gone out of your way to become more aware. Um, so that has allowed you to become, I guess, slightly less uncomfortable than you used to be. Is that what you would say? Yeah, because I think when you learn things, it kind of gives you, I'm not going to say power, but you know, it gives you some framework for where to come from. So you come in with the 
more knowledge than you did before. So I, I think kind of arming yourself with what you can learn to feel more knowledgeable um, can definitely help. It's helped me. Right. Absolutely. All right. So getting into the question. So some of the common things we hear when people are trying to say that you know, they aren't racist is they say, I'm not, I'm colorblind. I'm not racist. I don't see race. What is your reaction to those kinds of statements? So I can definitely identify with that. Um, because again, you know, I identify as white. So my parents kind of raised me in a way where we didn't talk about a lot of issues with race. And I think that was the case because you know they grew up during a time where integration was happening um you know so they lived through that and I, I think they came from a place of like you know we lived through this like this maybe isn't necessarily an issue anymore um so growing up i didn't necessarily have a lot of conversations in-depth conversations about that which sort of led me to, you know, maybe even myself think about, think about, like, I don't see that. Um, I don't see color. But as I got older um, and learned more, I kind of realized that saying, you know, I'm colorblind or saying I, I don't see your race can actually be a little bit harmful. Um, because it, you're not seeing the whole person. Um, and I get the, the idea behind, you know, wanting to say, you know, I see you just for you and you're just a person and you're just a human because we all are, you know, I mean, that it's true. We all are one human race, but that's not necessarily the world we live in. So, you know, to say, I'm just colorblind, I don't see your racist, to kind of take that part of someone's identity away. Um, and, you know, then you're not really seeing their full humanity if you don't let them express that part of themselves or you don't let them kind of have that part of their identity in your eyes. So um, a lot of times you hear the saying in, in racial equity and justice of um, in, intent doesn't you know, necessarily equate impact. So I think the intent of saying, you know, I'm not racist, I, I don't see your race, I just see a human. Like, I think a lot of times people say that with a good intention, but for the other person on the other side, you know, the impact of that can be kind of negating that part of their humanity. So, and that's something I had to come to terms with myself. Like, you know, oh, I've kind of done that or thought that or maybe said that and so, it can be hard to accept that maybe you have said that before, you know, done something, said something a little bit harmful. Um, but that's kind of where I am at this point with, you know, saying I'm not racist or I'm colorblind. Yeah, we're all, we're all learning and growing, right? Yes. Um, are you worried about getting it wrong when you talk about race with students? Um, you know, I think there's always, just in general, like with being a teacher and being with kids, like you want to do the right thing. So from that standpoint, like I obviously don't, don't want to say things or do things that anyone else would 
feel as wrong or harmful. Um, but I've also kind of accepted like whenever you do anything new, like you're gonna make a mistake, whether that's like with initiative we do at school or something in the curriculum or, you know, learning a new like field of anything, like there's always gonna be some possibility of making a mistake. So I think once you kind of accept that, like once I accepted, okay, like I may say something that's not right, like the power in that of accepting that, you know, it's possible you're gonna do something wrong, like that kind of makes it easier to move forward. Um, because if you don't, if you're not okay with failing, like that'll probably stop you from even trying in the first place. Exactly, which is often what we tell the students, right? Right, exactly, yes, very true. <laughs> right, um, so it's something that might be a little scary for teachers and educators and counselors and everyone that is involved with students, but it doesn't mean that we shouldn't have those conversations, right? Yeah, for sure. What, so now that we're on this topic, um, what exactly, as an educator, what do you feel an educator's role is in this conversation with race? So just for me, cause I, you know, I like to only talk about like my personal experience. I kind of, when I first started reading a lot about racial justice and equity, like I felt like I had to do everything. I'm like, I need to be part of every initiative. And like, I need to try to go to every event or, you know, and that's for me wasn't sustainable. Um, cause as one person, like you can't do everything. So I kind of took a step back a couple years ago and was like, okay, like where do I have my, you know, field of not control, but like I'm able to put most of my energy. Um, and for me, I was like, okay, you know, myself, first of all, my family and, and then my community, which I really think is school is like a big part of our lives is, you know, people who are educators in our building. Um, so I think the first thing is like, you know, my role as a teacher in the classroom is to like really unearth what is in my heart or what I have learned growing up that has some sort of negative effect on the kids that I interact with on a daily basis. Um, and I think that's where like a lot of our power can be is just kind of thinking about, you know, what experiences have I had or, or not had that kind of inform how I come to school every day and how, you know, I see students. Um, and that's been really empowering for me to realize like, you know, that's something I have a lot of control over is seeing behavior and like, you know, maybe this isn't a good choice for me to make, um, or how can I, even down to like, how can I use different language with the students um, that is less, um, has a less negative or more positive impact. Um, that's one thing I think. And then also, like we've talked about a lot as a school community, like how can we enable our students to feel included and what can we do in our classroom environment or small group environment to really foster that. So I think that's the other part of, you know, what as an educator I can do 
like, yes, it's about me and my thoughts and my actions, but it's also about like the climate that we create, like what climate can we create at our school? You know, and, and like, I think, you know, what climate at Ridge, cause that's where we are. Like, how can we make our school welcoming and, you know, really anti racist? Like what can we do to foster our students and, um, help them see themselves and feel valued um, so that they can be successful. So that's kind of what I, I think about. And like you said before, like we're always growing, like at the end of our conversation today, like I might think like, oh, there are other things I can do, you know? So it's never a, um, a point of arrival. Like, you know what I mean? There's never like a time to be done, which I think is, that can be like a little bit, you know, daunting because I think in education, like we're like, think about mastery a lot. Like how do we know these kids have like gotten proficient at something? And so we often like value that in ourselves. Um, but it's not about like, a, oh, here's a, a pinpoint of like, I know I'm gonna be doing the most when I get there. It's just constant, like, let me reflect on what I'm doing so that we can all like be better. Exactly. Exactly. I love it. Um, something we've been working on a little bit at Ridge is restorative practice. So I want to hear what you think. So what, what part do you feel restorative justice and restorative practices plays in school as it relates, as it relates specifically to racial issues? And then the follow-up is, do you think it can help heal some of the, the divisions that we have right now? So I will say when we adopted restorative practice, like a lot of times when you adopt anything new, you know, I was a little, not afraid, but like it's, you know, a new initiative. So there's some like, oh, you know, I want to make sure I'm doing this right. And like, what if I make a mistake? Kind of like what we talked about before. Um, but I really saw a lot of positive outcome within the first few months of using it, which told me like, you know, the kids are getting something out of this, just taking instead of, oh, you made a bad choice, like here's your consequence and making it more of a rapport where the student gets to talk about what happened and they can repair that, like the ownership of that. Um, and, you know, helping them understand that you don't see any of that as like, a, this is a problem with you. Um, and I think a lot of behavior, especially if we think about what behavior maybe kids bring from home because of culture or maybe trauma they bring to school, like, and we've talked about this with our trauma training as well, like that's just a reflection of something that they have going on, you know, so for them to be punished, like if you think about what kind of the models of school have been, like oh, this is not appropriate, so now you're going to be punished. Like, they haven't had a chance to reflect on what happened, to think about what they did, even if it was, you know, a behavior where they were trying to seek some sort of repair for whatever's going on with them. Like, they don't have a chance to reflect on that and maybe think about, you know, how could I have done this differently? So. I think from just that standpoint, helping any student have a conversation 
um, about what happened with them and to be able for, for them to be able to have a dialogue about it, not like a one-sided conversation where they're just punished, um, whether it relates to a racial issue or not. Like I just kind of see that as a universal design, like the benefit of it. So how could it not be beneficial if it has to do with, you know, something that would be considered a racial issue? You know, and kids make comments a lot, not a lot, but you know, it happens that they make comments that the other individual, you know, felt like was harmful, maybe against their personal identity or their race or their religion. So, you know, it has to be a conversation where they get to have that inter interaction with other students about like, oh, well, you said this to me and, and although you didn't mean it that way, like it was harmful. So using that framework, like I said, can only help, you know, exactly. Yeah. No matter what the issue is. So, um, I mean, I'm not the expert in how to heal like divisions, but I just think from seeing the kids in my classroom interact with like the question stems that we had, you know, like the dialogue became so much better that even in February and March, like they were kind of able to engage in the conversations without a lot of prompting from me, you know, to each other. So that shows you like there's a benefit in that and they kind of picked up on it. Um, and isn't that what we want? You know, we don't want our kids to have something that they just learn in school and never use again, no matter what it is. We want them to be able to carry that with them. So right. I think it's super valuable. Um, so this wasn't one of the questions, but you have, um, made reference to a couple, you know, a time so that you've, you know, done some professional development in a book club or something that you might have been participating. So are there any resources before we um, finish up with the last question that you wanted to recommend to anyone that might be listening that you have found especially helpful to you? Yeah, I mean, there's so many books out there that you can read for personal growth. Um, right now I'm doing with the um, Office of equity, diversity, and inclusion, um, a book called Everyday Racism. Um, I'm sorry, Everyday Anti-Racism. And um, I can't remember the author, but it's basically a collection of essays. So it's not like one topic, but it's all written from the um, view of like within education. So it's like senior students, the school community, um, parents and families, which I think is super important as well. Um, you know, outside of the school, your greater, greater school community. So I'm not done with it, but even just reading half of it, it's been really good. Um, for lessons, there's teaching tolerance, I think it's org, and they have a ton of lessons elementary to high school. Um, and you know, I've looked through, even if you don't use the whole, I mean, they have everything like lesson templates and guides, but even if you don't use it, like there's so many resources within there um, that you can kind of tweak or just take little parts from. Um, and I actually really thought that Sanford Harmony, like I know that that wasn't being used with the intent of, you know, racial justice and equity, but I think just even using Sanford Harmony, like building communities, that was super valuable for the kids, even just the morning meeting and the buddy up, like them being able to connect with another student that they normally wouldn't 
talk to maybe just because you know you make friends and then at school you have your friends and sometimes you don't branch out um i had a lot of kids like requesting to oh can i be with this person like i haven't been with this person yet and just i think that is a super good tool for us to keep using um so shout out to sanford harmony <laughs> and just the social emotional learning is is super important so well i obviously agree <laughs> yes i know <laughs> i had to give it a shout out it, it's been great all right, so I'm going to wrap up my questions, but I'm going to give you a few minutes just to kind of give you the floor if there's anything else that you would just like to add or anything that you didn't get to say that you wanted to say um, or anything, you know, to, to wrap things up that you wanted to share with anyone that might be listening. I just think it's really important that we keep doing this, you know, talking about this stuff. Um, because the more you know, the more you grow, you know, and I know that's like cheesy and rhymes, but <laughs> um, I just think like it's so valuable for us to, in any area, you know, improve ourselves and not that there's something wrong with us. Like, I think a lot of times, especially with teachers, like we wanna be doing the right thing anyway. So, you know, if someone says like, oh, this is an area for growth, it can be hard to take that not as a criticism, um, that we're kind of deficient in some way. And it's not that anyone is deficient and this is why we need to have these conversations. It's just that, you know, seeing each other's humanity and practicing compassion, like it's just so important, I think. So why not keep talking about this stuff? Um, not to be annoying, not to say like, oh, just gotta keep talking about race, but like, you know, just improve our whole community and then, you know, the world like I just think it's such a powerful way to make the world a better place I know that sounds like the grass is green and the sky is blue and everything's so wonderful but you know I really do I believe in like talking about this stuff so kudos to you because I think this is just like an awesome way to have the conversation yeah, I definitely agree. I think that was one of the questions that we obviously didn't get to, but do we think that talking about this is going to make things worse or better? And I think we both agree that talking about it is is going to at least attempt to make things better um, and definitely not going to make things worse. So we're definitely educators that believe in learning and growing and being better than we were every day, you know, and being the best we can be. So thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, of course summer break um, to join me and um, I'm really excited to, you know, get back to the school year with you and, and to see what our, our school year holds for, for us, no matter what it looks like. Um, it's going to be awesome. And I hope that um, your words impact many people because you're an awesome and we can all learn from you. So thanks for being here. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Thanks again for joining us and stay tuned for my next episode.